uh, I'm excited. I've had this date circled on my calendar for a long time, not only because I get to preach, but it's, uh, it's the last Sunday uh, before we leave to go to Ethiopia. Uh, got a group. Uh, we're going to have some special time of prayer for the group that's going to be heading Thursday morning down to Houston and uh, flying halfway across the world over to Ethiopia to 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 love on some kids and to to share and to show the love of Christ. And so I've had this date circled for a really really long time. And uh, I tell you, just singing this morning. Uh, uh, you know, I played sports growing up, and normally before a game, it didn't matter what it was, even a pickup game, if we were playing a black-and-gold game, I always got a little nervous. Well, it's always been that way preaching, but today there's, I'm, I'm not really sure what's going on. I, I, I feel just the, the peace of God today, and so I'm hoping that's a good thing. Uh, but, uh, uh, so before we get into today's message, um, uh, I wanted to make sure that we're all kind of on the same page, and uh, I, got, I always get really tickled. I actually asked my kids this week, I said, hey, I think I'm going to use you for a sermon illustration. And they were like, hey, that's good. Wait, is it bad? And uh, uh, so I'm actually picking on my Ethiopian son today. And today we're going to be talking, uh, I've been, as Josh said, I've been stewing over this for a long time. And uh, I really was going to hammer on the first uh, few verses in Romans 15, verses 1 and 2. But man, just this week, God moved me to this last one. So we may work our way backwards just to be prepared. Unless I didn't even tell her that. But, uh, but uh, anybody recognize that? We all recognize that just about, unless, you, unless you're weird and you don't have an Apple product and you have some sort of Samsung phone. But no, for real, smartphone. That's an Apple phone that when somebody calls, that's, you can either accept it or decline it. And I laughed when I found this picture because I was like, oh, how can I kind of relate this to today? And uh, I joke because uh, uh, don't judge me for my parenting style, and I don't do it all the time. But sometimes I give, we give, because we're together, Kimberly and I are together, we make decisions together. We give my youngest son, Silas, a phone. He's like, hey, Dad, can I have your phone? Any parents in here ever did that, gave their phone to their kid, just, you just need five minutes? And so, yeah, it's all right. I'll raise my hand. I do it, okay? And, uh, uh, and here's what we always tell him. We always tell him, hey, if somebody calls me or texts me, let me know. Right? Well, I can rest assured if you call me and my son's on the, on the phone, you get the red button every time. I mean, it, it, sometimes it's like it just, the notification swipes down and he's swiping it up. And, and I laugh about that because it's true. Uh, we've actually watched him a few times. He'll be on Kimberly's phone, so I just start texting him. And he's just, whoop. I mean, never misses a beat with this show. He, I mean... He's just swapping up. But, but I laugh about that because so many times in our life, we don't even realize it. We do that to people. We just, you know, we just decline them. We just decline them. And, uh, and maybe there's times that we're very sensitive to that, and we're like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wade through this. I'm going to hear them out. But if we're not thinking, at least for me, and today's message is going to be a lot from my perspective, uh, and I hope you find uh, some peace and assurance through that. But so many times, it's just our default. We just, you know, we got our own problems. I'm not trying to, you know. And so, uh, so listen, if you'll click over to uh, the last, we're going we're gonna to work backwards today. I, th I think we'll get it all in today, but we're going to work backwards. In Romans chapter 15, 
verse 7, it says, Accept one another, then, just as Christ has accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. So that's a, you know, if you spend any time in church, we know, man, we're supposed to, we know that's what we're supposed to do. And uh, my question is, are we doing it? You know, uh, last week we kind of launched, Josh just mentioned it earlier in the service, you know, if, if we are committed to taking the queen for Jesus, we have to be willing to accept people. We have to be welcoming. We have to be, and, uh, um, um, and, and I think uh, I, I read it. I've been reading a deal. It's, it's kind of my, I've been off on this soapbox or tangent. I don't know if it's a soapbox, but so many times I, I told somebody this week that I said, you know, I'm almost tired of calling myself a Christian. Whoa. Because Christian just means so much in this, at least in America, but in this world. Like it, it can mean it's this big, wide definition, right? Uh, and I don't like to call myself a believer, even though I am. And even probably in, the, in, in my definition of Christian, obviously I am. And we're going to read about it today. But, but we're called to be followers of Jesus. And that, I was telling somebody this week that that, that really puts, you know, we used to have a saying when you're driving, keep it between the, the mustard and the mayonnaise, right? Keep it, that really keeps you out of the ditch. You know, what would Jesus do, right? And, and so as we're looking at this, accepting one another, then just as Christ accepted you, it got me really thinking. Like, we know that, but do we really? And, uh, and so I'm going to tell you how Jesus Christ accepted me, okay? I'm going to be somewhat transparent as much as I felt like I could be today because I even have some skeletons in the closet that, that very few people know. Uh, but, but believe it or not, God accepted me in the midst of my opinions and my beliefs and and maybe there's somebody in there that you've never felt the acceptance of christ i hope this helps you today but he did he 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 accepted me micah martin in the midst of my opinions and my beliefs because i don't know if you know you probably don't know it but it seems like everybody's got an opinion right even in this room everybody's got an opinion i mean i could I could, I could throw out some topics like abortion. You know, it'd probably, it would probably amaze some of you that in this room we probably couldn't all agree on the topic of abortion. But if we're followers of Jesus, we can. Uh, our political, you know, you know, scholars and people tell you you shouldn't talk about politics from the pulpit, and I'm not, but, you know, a lot of times my political view is based on my self-centeredness. How is this going to affect me, right? And I think it's evident in the world we live today, that's a lot of people's political view. How is this going to accept me, uh, 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 affect me? And, but he did. Christ, Jesus, accepted me in the midst of my opinion and beliefs. And it amazes me that God accepted me. You know, too, uh, he accepts me in my... Uh, uh, deficiencies my faults my weaknesses you know some of y'all would uh would be really shocked to know me the real me sometimes that i have a real problem with anger i've, I've preached it a little bit from here 
But it didn't just end, if you've been here before, with me hitting my coach when I was eight years old. It's something I constantly battle with. And I'm not talking about just, you know, yelling like fits of rage. Some of y'all are looking at me a little different today, but I want you to understand that Christ accepted me that way. Uh, you know, I have a lustful heart. I love to travel. I love, sometimes I love money. I love the things that money can get me. I know I'm probably just talking to myself, but Christ accepted me. Uh, and here's the one that, that was probably the hardest for me to share with you guys today. And I'm not, is, is he accepted me in spite of my hypocrisy, you know? Because sometimes when you wear the label of pastor or associate pastor or work at the church, and even for you guys, sometimes as, as a follower of Christ, I always feel like i got to put, put on my best effort. I always do. And I, there's people in this room that I put on my happy face, and I've had conversations with you when internally I was struggling. And maybe the things that I said, it wasn't what, I wasn't feeling it, but I knew what God's Word said. So sometimes I'm just a big old hypocrite. And I am. But Christ accepted me in that. Uh, and here, number three here, Christ accepted me in the midst of my past and my future. I mean, I can go into, I, I, I was thinking back, I, I have been pretty transparent from the podium, uh, or at least from the youth room podium at times, you know. Uh, I'm a thief. Uh, I've been a gambler, you know. Uh, uh, I have. I've made up to $1,200 on the back of a baseball bus when I was in high school. Uh, I've, I, I stole batteries. I've, I've uh, you know, my mom don't even know this. I stole some money out of her wallet one time, probably to take Kimberly out on a date. I did. And that's why I always challenge these, these young people to protect their conscience. I didn't do a really good job protecting my conscience. But here's, here's what I love about Jesus. That, that Paul is writing to the Roman church. And I know last week we had our vision Sunday. And, and you know we're taking back the queen. And it involves you. It involves me. It involves us. And, and before that, we, Josh preached on Romans 14 about uh, uh, the weak and, and stumbling blocks. And, and, you know, in those days, you know, they were, it was, Paul, were, if, you, if you don't know what they were talking about, it seems like, I mean, they're, talk, they're arguing about food. But when you really understand what was going on is, is some people were eating food that, that could have been sacrificed to an idol or at least in, the, in their old viewpoint was considered unclean. And, and then so you got somebody over here saying, oh, no, you can have that. And this guy's like, well, I don't, you know, I'm just not really comfortable with that. And, and Paul's like, Paul is saying, you who have overcome that should come and bear. That's what he talks about. Romans 15, verse 1, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves, right? And so, so you know, we don't really get into a lot of food stuff. We're Americans. Cheeseburger, like we put bacon on our, on our cheeseburgers now. But 
but there's things that we get off on tangents about, right? Like, uh, let's just talk about some in the church setting, right? Open communion versus closed communion, right? You could, there's people that would draw a line in the sand on those things. Whether we should sing hymns or whether we should sing the stuff we sang this morning, right? And it's not, Paul is telling you, don't draw a line in the sand. Bear with one another. But that, that hits home with some of us, right? We've made that our, our Josh and I talk about it all the time, that's the hill we want to die on. And Paul says, don't die on it because the gospel's at stake. But he did. Christ accepted me in the midst of my past and Here's another thing, if you didn't know the characteristics of one of Jesus' characteristics, is this is going to blow some of your minds. He's not gullible. Look at all the interactions that Jesus did, and I'm, I've got a few that I picked out today, like Zacchaeus, right? Should have made us sing that song today, right? Y'all got it going in your head now, so we don't have to. But Zacchaeus, right, he heard something different about Jesus, and, and really... The way I read it is this was Zacchaeus' only way out. I'd heard something different about this guy, this old Zacchaeus. Heard, heard about this, this man called Jesus, and so he climbed up in a sycamore. Right, you know it. What does Jesus do? He comes and he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Welcome me. I'm coming in. And do you think Jesus was gullible enough to know, hey, I know what your past is? He didn't know about his future. He knew that, that in that midst of that moment when he was accepted by Jesus, that Zacchaeus began to follow after Christ and he began to right some wrongs. But you got to know people that in the days and the weeks and maybe the years to come, you don't think some of that old way wanting to creep back into his, his, in his life? It does. And just, here's, here's what I have a hard time with, knowing that Christ accepts my past. If things that I did in the past, I did in the past, aren't I just as easily susceptible to do them in my future? But Jesus isn't, he isn't gullible. He meets you where you're at. And I, that, is, that is the message that I want you to hear today. Because I'm fixing to read Romans chapter 15, 1 through 7. We're going to hang out in that last verse, but we're going to talk about it as we go through. So it says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. And other, other translations that I like, it says we have an obligation. And so I really kind of chewed on that for a little bit. That's really where I thought I was going to go this week because uh, I was really going to hound the church a little bit if any of you have spent any time, some of you spend too much time with youth age kids because you have them in the house. But one of the biggest burdens that I've been carrying at this church is spending time with, with, with the young people. Church kids that have grown up in this church. And I pray for them all the time. Is their belief system isn't enough. They're so apathetic, guys. They're so indifferent. 
And even the ones that want to try to be bold, it's such a big hill to climb that, that they only do it in secret. And it's a very few people. And we who are strong, some of you have walked that walk. You know, I still remember, I was telling somebody this week, I still remember, I actually visited with a guy from the, the college team yesterday that, that one of the hardest classes I ever took in college was philosophy for living. It messed me up. And kids getting ready to go to college, if you're not ready to handle that class, don't take it because I wasn't ready to handle it. But by God's grace, I got through it. But it challenged my faith to the core of its foundation. And I remember calling my dad and I said, Hey, Dad, this guy's, this guy's a quack. Man, he's, I mean, he came into class, the first four or five words that he said was the most vulgar things you ever did. He said, How does that make you feel? I didn't know how to respond. And he said, and then there's no such thing as God. How does that make you feel? I said, well, now we're getting somewhere. And I didn't know how to defend my faith because I was surrounded by people that never challenged me. We, we, we were kind of like-minded, but we never challenged each other. And I see a world of young people that just like that, they're going to be college gradu- uh, graduating high school, going to college. And just like that, they're going to be young moms and dads and, and hopefully marrying. You know, marriage is kind of a thing of the past and the generation we live in now. You know, it's just something that if you, I guess you want to take your commitment level to the next, it, 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 and, and even for Christians, it's not really founded as one of God's principles. But we who are strong ought to bear with the weak, right? And I challenge you. You know, one of the things that, that, that we're trying to do, and if you missed it this Wednesday, you hadn't missed it, but, but Wednesday nights we've been starting a little uh, roundtable discussion and you'll have different people every Wednesday night and I already know some of you are like, no, nah, don't do that. I don't do that. But I, I, Keisha uh, talked to me. I said, hey, I want the youth to come because I'm hoping that, one, I hope their faith develops seeing other adults uh, talk about it. But I hope other adults see the indifference and apathy to come alongside and to pray and to encourage and, and to get these kids from apathy and indifference to over here to start accepting people and seeing people as Christ sees them. We'll keep going. It says, each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. And so this is, okay, yeah, we got that. This isn't calling you to be a yes man, like all I gotta do is please my neighbor. It's to build him up. You know, and, and I think that's what's hard in church sometimes is, is we, we don't want to build them up. Like sometimes having a hard conversation with somebody is what's needed to build them up, right? Sometimes the most gracious thing you can do to somebody is to give them the truth and not just let them in. I've been there, guys. I'm, I'm there. You see somebody, you see them going through some things. You're like, man, glad it's not me, right? Because if we're going to go back to verse 7 where Paul is telling us the church, right? The world is looking at us on how we take care of each other, how we handle situations together, hard situations together. It doesn't mean that we all have to be robots, right? I was telling uh, Connie this week, like, uh, don't get me wrong, my wife got onto me a little bit, but, but you got to hear this thought process out. Like, it's hard enough to get my family to function as one unit. How in the world are we supposed to get our church family to function at one un- as one unit, Right? Don't believe me? Ask your kids where they want to go to lunch. Ask your wife where she wants to go to lunch. Just see if they agree. Right? At my house, they would say, let's go to lunch at Disney World. They would all agree on that. 
Uh, we've been fighting that one. But, but we're called to be unified, and the, and the world is watching. And let me tell you what they're not look, looking for us to see. They're not looking to see us be unified in what color we're going to have the carpet. They're not, they're not interested in seeing us be unified in what color is on the wall or what time we're going to have church, right? They, want to, they don't want to see us see, even though we should be unified in any decision that we make, right? They don't want us to see us be unified in non-essential matters. They want us to be unified in Christ. One mind, one voice taking this city. Well, what did that look like, Micah? We talk about it. I can preach you know, to you and at you and to myself. Because you see, Jesus accepted one another. And if we're going to accept one another as Christ accepted us, Jesus was always willing to tell people where they were broken. Always. And that is hard for me. As a guy that loves people, uh, it's not even about, I used to hate controversies. I always, I always feel like it's a very controversial deal. But if you can get your eyes focused on Christ, that giving them that life. Because see, uh, you keep reading here. It says, for, for, for even Christ did not please himself, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. And then in verse 5, it starts this prayer. Paul is praying this prayer for the Roman church, for the church, for the local body there. He says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and one mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is how we, this, this is it. This is how we, we do it, guys. Is we have to be wounded healers in a church. I'm so excited about Wednesday nights and it wasn't nothing amazing happened Wednesday night, but there's so much potential there if people will come in and lay it out on the table. And we're just talking about Christmas. We're not even talking about... But we've got to be wounded healers. Wasn't Jesus a wounded healer? Doesn't the Bible say by his stripes we are healed? Right? By his sacrifice, by his death we were being given life. It's the same thing. If we're going to accept one another as Christ accepted us. And let me just, before I go any further than that, I don't care your ethnicity... I don't care if you're a male. I don't care if you're a female. I don't care if you're, 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 you're this is where people get off on a tangent. Uh, I don't care your sexual orientation. I don't care, right? Christ doesn't care. But here's the kicker. This is where people stop that. Christ never intended you to come into the kingdom of God and sit at the gate. To be a Christian, to be a believer, to be a follower of Jesus is you've got to continue to pursue him. So yes, Jesus accepted me in my brokenness and my faults and my failures. But you can't just come and stay where you're at. You have to come more like Christ. And it's not what I think. It's not what you think. It's what God says. And that's what he says in verse 4 when it says, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. You know, when I read all the scriptures, especially the Old Testament scriptures, it's about a dysfunctional people and a loving God. I mean, they were just like, they really had it bad, right? They, they really had it bad. I mean, they couldn't get it right to save their lives. They couldn't. But it's about Jesus, and we should take endurance. And I, and I tell the youth all the time, the world has such a great doctrine out there that they are, 
They are taking it by the spoonfuls. They're shoveling it in their mouths. And it will not stand the test of time. God's word is the only thing that has and will and will ever stand the test of time. And we have to lean on it. We have to know it. We have to tell other people. We have to be wounded healers. Well, Michael, what do you mean by that? It means this. That he's, notice that twice he says endurance and encouragement, which tells me one thing, two things. One, it's going to take some time. It's not a quick fix. It's a lifetime, right? And then the encouragement part, that's the endurance part. The encouragement part is if I'm going to need encouragement, I mean there's going to be some difficult times. But God never wastes an opportunity. He never wastes a mistake. God wants to use that, and he wants you guys to be wounded healers. Okay, Mike, you've said that a bunch of times, so now what does that mean? It means this. There's some of you that have, I've never lost a spouse. I can't minister the same way that somebody that lost a spouse to somebody in this church. And we're not being active about it, we're being passive. Well, maybe if they come talk to me, I'll talk to them about it. What if Jesus was passive with you? He wasn't. He was active. And if we're going to accept one another as Christ accepted us, we've got to be active. We've got to be, uh, football analogy, we've got to have our head on a swivel looking around to where there's people that are hurting. Never lost a spouse. Thank you, God. Never lost a child. But I know some of you have. And it's hard. I, I, I can't even imagine going through some of that. But some of you have, some in this room have. And you're supposed to be there for each other. And when it happens, you can go to somebody and, and you can slap them on the back and you can hug them and you can say, I know it feels like your world's ended, but you can get through this. Not in your own strength, but I promise you, you can get through it. Some of you have been through addiction, whether it be drugs, sex, alcohol, money. You've been on the other side of that. And that's not for you to just hold in. That's for you to be a wounded healer and to come to somebody, to recognize the signs and to go to them before they have to go down the same path you do. That is what it means to accept one another as Christ accepted you. Because he didn't leave you in your state. He didn't just fix the problem and leave you there. I love when he says he would fix somebody he would heal somebody, and he would say, go and sin no more. He would shield an adulterous woman when nobody else would. And he, you know, he could have felt good about himself. He saved a woman's life. He could have tweeted it later on that day. Saved a woman's life. Look at me. And what did he do? He told her to go sin no more. You've got to be an active, wounded healer. But Mike, if I'm going to do that, I've got, really, got to really get to this place of vulnerability. I, gotta, I, may, I may have to deal with some things that I've never dealt with before. I've just kept pushing them aside, pushing them aside. I mean, there's a bunch. I could go divorce, right? Anybody? You had a wife or spouse, husband cheat on you? Oh, your world was ending. And I'm not, I'm not dismissing the... I can't imagine. I can't imagine. But there's somebody in this place that does. And that's why Jesus accepted one another so we could partake in his kingdom building. That's why those that are strong should go to those that are weak. That's what it's, that is church. It's, you know, I tell you all the time, church is not about a museum for the saints. 
right? It's what they say. It's, it's a hospital for sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. And I, I tell you all this, not even all my baggage, but Christ accepted me. And Christ will accept you. But it's not just about, he doesn't want you just to come into the gates. He wants you to partake in his kingdom building, right? And so maybe you're here today, you know? I realize that's a hard place. I've been in this church pretty much my whole life. While I don't know everybody, I know a lot. I know a lot of some of your baggage. You know a lot of some of my baggage. And we have to put that stuff aside and we have to speak life to one another because the world is watching us. And quite frankly, they're not liking what they see in here or any other church because sometimes we got to act like we have it all together. And that's not what Christ intended. We, we don't have it all together. We, there's not one person in here that has it together enough that they don't need Jesus. What we are is a group of people that I hope have been saved by grace through faith and are in a constant pursuit to follow Jesus. And you got to tell your story. You got to tell your story. Some of you know, you know the gossip. We live in a small town, right? I mean, it is crazy how fast news travels. And then you're like, so then you're like me sometimes. They're like, well, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, go to the source. Because if it is true, and you have, if God's impressed on you, man, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, when you start doing it, you'll know that you're supposed to talk to somebody. And this is coming from a long history of putting it to the side. There was a guy that I ran into, and I knew I was supposed to talk to him, and I didn't. Our buggies hit at Walmart. Still didn't talk to him. Checked out behind him. I still didn't talk to him. Finally, I got up the nerve, following him not to the car. I said, hey, can I talk to you? Let me tell you what I know. And it's not that I'm up on this soapbox pointing down. In fact, that verse 1 is about, it's not staying up here, I'm strong. Y'all should come up here and join me. The strong ought to go down with those that are in the weaker of the faith and bear them up, hold up their arms, walk beside them, pray with them, hey, give them some tangible things, give them some money when they need money if God impresses them. Like, like that is what we're here, right? And, and I was thinking about this as, as I close. Uh, here's a Christian's response. God, thank you for my house. Right? Thank you for my blessing. That's what we say. Here's a follower of Jesus. How can I use my house? Exhaust my retirement account? Whatever it is. Like, we have to be radically pursuing Jesus. We can't just be this much ahead of the world. The Bible calls us to be set apart, to be different, to accept one another. You know, as I look around today, <laughs> there's probably some things in here that, that, that you got troubles, past with people. You know, you don't spend enough time in a church that, that maybe something gets a little burr in your saddle. That's what Paul was saying in 14 and 15. You got to put that stuff away. You got to love one another. And so if that's you today, We've been sitting on the sidelines way too long. Just, you know, we're trying to go after four people. How many of you really constantly, really purposely pursued that one person today or those four people this past week? 
We're so equipped to hear a message, to sing some songs, and to flush it out of our mind when we go sit in our cars instead of actively pursuing people to be an active uh, wounded healer. We all got stripes. We all got hurts. We've all endured some things. We've all needed encouragement when probably encouragement didn't come. And it's not because Christ let you down. I would probably say because the church let you down. And I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. If you need encouragement, you know, sometimes we're not, even though Christ lives in us, and there are times that He allows you to see some things. But if you're sinking and you don't see anybody to throw a life vest, then cry for help. That is what the church is. And you can call me. It can start there. But there's people in this church that have a desire, but you've got to quit being passive. You've got to start being active. And so if you're here today, and you've never been accepted by man, maybe by your parents. You've always been the black sheep. You're just kind of doing life on your own. I want you to know that Christ loves you. Even unto death, he died for you. He died for me, and I still, when I really understand, when I can really try to wrap my mind, and I can't really, get, I, I don't understand why he died for me. Are you? But he did. And if you've never felt accepted today, I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you, and he loves you enough that he doesn't want you to stay where you're at. He wants to welcome you in and not just put you... Right inside the gate, the Bible says that he wants you to be co-heirs with him. God, God wants you to be co-heirs with his son Jesus. And that, if you can really wrap your mind, especially for those that have never felt loved, have never felt accepted, if you can understand who God is and what he says about you, I pray that today is that day. But I hope that we are a church that loves you enough that we're not going to leave you where, you, where, where, where we found you. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to get cleaned up. You don't have to, to, to get your life together. You just got to come. And you got to follow after Jesus. That is the requirement. So many people, oh, I, I talk to them all the time. Oh, yeah, I believe. Well, are you following after Christ? Well, yeah, I believe. Are you following after Christ? Church, we got to follow after Jesus Christ. And you, you can't follow after Christ if you don't know him. And that's why we come together on Wednesday night. That's, kind of, that's why we challenge you to read by yourself. That's why we challenge you to get in a small group because that's really where you can, you know, I realize not very many people would come unless they're really desperate to share before the whole congregation. But, but find your people here. And Wednesday night is, a, I'm, I'm excited about, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed I'm going to be gone for two, a couple Wednesday nights going to Ethiopia. But I am, I'm excited about the opportunity and some of you won't come because it's not a typical Bible study the way you know it. And so, excuse me, some of you won't come because it's just too new. I'm, I had you got to fight. And those that are there, make them feel accepted and welcome. How do you do it? It's more than surface level conversation. It's telling them that you love them, right? I'm so excited to go to Ethiopia. It's it's one of my favorite places on earth. It's a place that I get refreshed. It's uh, one of my best friends in the whole world lives over there. I'm excited to get to see him. And uh, 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 we're going to hold hands and we're going to walk down the street. 
We're going to love on each other. And, and I'm not ashamed to say it. But that's what we've got to do here, guys. That's what Christ is calling us to do. If we're going to take this city, it starts in here. We've got to get our house in order. We've got to accept one another with their faults, with their follies. And, and if, I don't have to be negative. There's some great things in here. God's been so gracious to some of you. You know, the other thing that God... I can be a tightwad. I can be a stingy fool that will hold on to everything. And that is something God constantly, you know, of my time and my energy and my finances, God is always whittling on me. But that is something I struggle with uh, daily. But we've got to be willing to, to welcome each other. We've got to be able to accept one another. We've got to be able to be active wounded healers.